Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Go to John chapter 4, and in John chapter 4, and ushers, I thank you very much. I'm going to let you have a seat. And uh, John chapter 4, y'all get ready. We're going to read the entire chapter. You got it? We're going to read the entire chapter. And, uh, and before you say, wow, pastor, that's a lot of verses right there. Um, I can't think of a better place to read a lot of verses uh, than in the house of God. And uh, John chapter 4, and we're going to start, of course, with the very first And then we're going to end up at the very end of the chapter in John chapter number 4. John chapter 4. And we're going to end with verse number 45. I'm sorry, I meant to go through verse 45. I knew there was more than 45 verses in that chapter. John chapter 4 verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well? and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into eternal and into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and thou and that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, Believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. 
We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples, and marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. He that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth, another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. And then when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, uh, for they also went unto the feast. We have just read 45 verses. These 45 verses represent dozens and dozens of spiritual truths. Any preacher who's preached for any length of time from John chapter 4 as you read the text, you are just saying that that would be a great subject to preach on. That would be a great subject to preach on. Boy, if I could pull that truth from John chapter 4, that would be a great subject to preach on. But everything in John chapter 4 with the 45 verses we have just read boils down to one fact. God wanted to get the message of eternal life to this lady. No matter what truth you try to preface the John 4 with, it all comes down to this one thing. God knew this lady would be arriving at the well. Accident, coincidence, or East Texas coinkadink, not at all. This lady arrived at the well at the timing of Jesus Christ being at that well. What the woman needed that at that time was not an accident. Who the woman met at that well was not an accident. Jesus and this woman would have an earthly conversation that would result in, in, in an eternal conversion. This lady stepped up to the well lost, walked away from the well saved. 
This lady stepped up to the well looking for earthly water, walked away from the well with eternal water. This lady walked up to the well trying to satisfy a physical thirst, only to walk away from the well having satisfied a spiritual thirst. You see, an almighty God had a master plan. And that master plan was to take a sovereign Savior and have him head to a sad sinner and meet at the well to have a conversation about eternity. When you track the movement of Jesus, you will find that he went from Judea, headed to Galilee, diverted to Samaria, went to Sychar's well, and there he sat. When you track the movement of the woman, you'll find out all she had to do was go from Samaria to the well. Jesus went further to find the sinner than the sinner did to find the Savior. What a great thought. What a great thought. Do you know who do, does all the work in salvation? It's not you. It's not me. It's Jesus Christ. And sometimes we are waiting for the harvest to come to the house when we do not understand the harvest is stuck in the field. Know this, dear believer, that you and I are not to sit and wait on the harvest to come to the house. But you and I are to go to the harvest. Yesterday we were reminded of this in our in the outreach reading, meeting with Brother Benson. The woman went to the well out of a need. Jesus went to the well out of a must. John chapter 4, verse 4. And he must needs go through Samaria. The woman was living life out of responding to what she had not, what she lacked. Jesus was living life responding and yielding to the want of his father. His father said, go to the well. His father said, there'll be a lady at the well that needs some help. His father said, that's what I want you to do. The woman was living her life. Jesus was living his father's life. The woman was living the life of having to go back with the solution. Jesus was living his life with the solution headed to the woman who needed help. This is the stark difference between God's work and man's world. God's work is always looking for a permanent solution to bring to man's world, while man's world is just trying to find a temporary solution to the next need in their life. You are not here this morning by happenstance. You are not listening to this sermon this morning by an uh-oh. You have been designed by God to bring to be brought to his house to hear the sermon from John chapter 4, not to leave the same, but to leave different. If right now you're tired, and if right now you have Garfield look on your face to where you're half asleep, God bless you. Go back and listen to the sermon when you're awake. But you'll come out with the same truth. The harvest is stuck in the field. And we are in the house. Do you know why we're in the house today? Because somebody came to us in the field. Do you know why we're here? It's because somebody went to the field and said, come with me to the house. And all of a sudden, we have come to the house so much, it has become a habit in our life. It has become a ritual in our life. And may I say this to our detriment, it's become mundane in our life because we forget what we were when we were in the field. The transformation that took place in this lady's life was totally amazing. The transformation, look at verse chapter 4 and verse 28. Are you there? John chapter 4, verse 28. Look at the transformation. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men... I find that very interesting that she sought out the problem and told the problem 
sought and saith to the men, Come, see a man, which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Jesus and the disciples were having a conversation. I know I'm rapid firing this morning on purpose, but Jesus and the disciples were having a conversation about satisfying meat. Listen to what the disciples said. Look at verse 31. In the meanwhile, while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said his disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. This entire story gives us insight into what will bring about satisfaction in your life. Dear believer, please listen to the preacher this morning in your life. Satisfaction for you as a believer will never happen until you eat the right meat. And the right meat is not salad. I thought I'd clear the deck on that one. The right meat is not kale salad. The the right meat is not dessert. Those are just the peripherals. That's just the before and the after. That's just the surroundings. That's the garnishing. That's the lead-up. That's the pregame. But everybody knows if you are eating meat that you're waiting for it to come out. And when you look at the menu and it says 6-ounce, 9-ounce, 12-ounce, But when you find that one word that says tomahawk, how many know what I'm talking about when I say a tomahawk steak? That puppy is that, it's huge. It's that big. And, and, but that meat. And can I tell you this? That Jesus knew exactly what he was saying and it was recorded in his word for us to read these thousands of years later. Listen to this. I have meat to eat that you know not of. There's a level of Christianity that the average believer never breaks through. There's a level of Christianity that the average believer only hears about, but they never experience. This is only something that they hear other people talk about. It's like hearing about your restaurant that you've never, a restaurant you've never been to, and somebody telling you about the Texas de Brazil. How many know what I'm talking about right there? Brother Perry, have you ever been to the Texas... You're wanting to. It's not happening next Sunday, but we're going to go. Amen? My son was graduating uh, from seminary, and him and his buddies, and I said, guys, for your graduation present, let's go to the Texas de Brazil. Zach Rusaw was part of that class. He's as skinny as that microphone is right there. And, and when we went, it, it is one of these things to where it's green or red. And it's a little thing you have that's all your own. When it's green, they keep bringing the meat. As much meat as you want. They just keep bringing the meat. They just keep bringing the meat. When it's red, stop because I'm too full. But your taste glands override your brain and your stomach. And it's like, just unbutton the button. Just keep bringing it. Man, I'm, just, I'm a glutton on this night. But, but all of the peripherals around it. 
And, and I made the mistake one time of getting full on the shrimp and the salad. Not realize, first time I went, not realize, I was so overcome by the salad bar, just the salad bar. That I'm making you hungry now, aren't I? Just the salad bar. You ought to sell the family cow to get one. <laughs> but just the salad bar and just all the peripherals around it that I, I sat down and said, man, what is going on? And they said, you see that little, that little thing? That is the key to enjoyment right there. Turn it to green. They're going to come to your table. And when I turned that thing to green, the meat started to come. And when the meat started to come, it's not nukes. <laughs> when the meat started to come, guess what started to happen? All of a sudden, it was like, no, I'll take some of that. And, and, and no, I'll take some of that. And no, I'll take some of that. And, and, and then when you thought, I, I can't eat no more right now because I'm full. I just need to push back from the table. And then you'd see your friends eat. And they're like, mm, that look on their face like, man, this, this is the bomb right here. Right, give me some more of that. And then give me some more of that. And, and you had tongs. And it was like, I'll take some of that. And finally, you became a professional. You didn't even look at the guy. You just held the tongs out. You just, you know. Let me, let me tell you something. There, there, there is a level of living that most believers never break through. You know what that level of living is? Is when you see a life transformed. It's when you see somebody go from being lost to now they're saved. Now their whole life has been changed. I'm going to take the remaining moments that I have and I, and I just want to focus in on one thought this morning. I, I had two thoughts written down, but the Lord's kind of drawn my attention to just one thought. Would you go back to John chapter 4 and look at verse 17? Look at verse number 17. Verse number 16, if we could. Jesus said this to her about the field. And I want, I want you to put this in context. This is the field she had grown up in. I, I had never really thought about the emptiness of her life until you realize this is the field that she had grown up in. Jesus saith unto her, go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. Do you realize that when Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you know not of, would you go to verse 35? In verse number 35, in verse number 35, he said this, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the what, please? Fields, for they are already white, already to what? Please know this. That when this woman was leaving Jesus, Jesus had a discussion about the field that was planted as a seed and what kind of field was this lady in and listen to the growth of her life. This was a young lady that no doubt started out as the pride of somebody's life. But something threw this girl into a home that she was searching for love. She was searching for love. I, I don't know what kind of home. Was she raised in a home to where we hear about it all the time to where daddy was not around? 
Was she raised in a home to where daddy abused her? Daddy never showed her affection. Maybe she vied for the affection of, of, of a father figure, and it just didn't happen. Whatever reason, this lady grew up in a field. This is why Jesus said this. Listen, that field out there, this world out there, that needs Jesus. They need this water that they'll never thirst again. I'm going to tell you why. Because look at the life they've grown up in. We have totally lost the vision of how people are living living and what they are living through that creates a thirst I don't I don't know what was going on in this lady's life but the more I pondered this thought of this lady the more I'm struck with the fact that she had five husbands did she have five husbands because this is what her mama lived was she just emulating what mama did she saw men come in and out of mama's house just this past week, I was struck with a story from a lady that, that she's given me permission to use it on this Sunday morning. She said, Pastor, when I was being raised, I, I would wake up and come out, and there would be a different man sitting at the breakfast table. It was not unusual. And I thought, this is how you lived. I thought, this is what marriage is. This is what it's all about. And there are people, listen, please listen to this. There are people stuck in a field that they are growing up with the idea that this is what life is all about. That's bringing about nothing but emptiness and nothing but thirst and nothing but the next guy and nothing but the next hit and nothing but the next life. You and I live in a house where somebody paid the price for us to have a sense of morals and we ought to praise God for that. But it is wrong to sit in the house with all that's been given to us while people are standing in a field to where they are living in conditions I don't know why, but I can see this young lady as she grows up in my mind's eye, and, and all of a sudden, husband number one, she falls in love. She plans her wedding. She gets her dress. She orders the invitations. She sends out the invitations. The preacher's ready. The church is ready. Everything's ready. She walks down the aisle for the first time. She then gets married the first time. She then goes on her honeymoon the first time. She then goes back to her little apartment, her little house the first time. She then gets up with all the joy of a wife and cooks the breakfast for the first morning. Does the laundry for the first time. Kisses her husband goodbye as he goes to work the first time. Then it falls apart. Then somewhere along the line, the conversation has to be had between those two. Husband, this isn't working. You and I are not getting along. You and I are having issues. And they decide to part ways. In order for her to have a second husband, she now has to be divorced from the first husband. The second husband renews a, a sense of maybe this one's going to work. Y'all listen to this. She has done this five times. Times. And finally, she meets the sixth man, man number six. And she decides, I'm not doing the marriage thing. We're just going to live together. She does not come to the well full. She does not come to the well with success. She does not come to the well with a good reputation. She comes to the well 
on man number six. I don't believe God brings this to her attention to condemn her, but to reveal to her the life she's living is not working. Do you know why church is important? Church is not here for the sake of new carpet and new chairs or whatever we got going on. Church is here for those of us who have been blessed by God. For those of you that your life was transformed and you were that woman at the well and you were empty on the inside, but then you found Jesus Christ. You came to Jesus. Jesus gave you this water that you'll never thirst again. We cannot, we cannot just sit in the house. And this is why Jesus told his disciples, don't say there's yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to what? Harvest. They've already grown up. They've grown up with an emptiness. They've grown up with something that's wrong and something's not right. You don't have to convince them. All you have to do is be there with Jesus Christ to help them find the solution. Y'all, listen to this. This world is not hard to get the gospel to. The hard part is to get the saints to go to the harvest. The, the harvest is just waiting. The, the harvest is... They've, they've grown up. And many times, you know what we say? Oh, you know, just shake the dust off your feet. And, you know, they don't, no, they don't want to hear anymore. Just shake that dust off. Those kind of houses are very rare. Y'all, in the last five years, it's been about five, six years before somebody took me to task for giving the gospel. I mean, took me to task. The most recent one was when Miss Kelly and I, I should come in close, but he didn't even get upset. We just opened the door and I said, hey, I want to give you a track from the church. And he said, no, thank you. And just shut the door. He never cursed me. He never got on to me. He never hollered at me. He never belittled me. He just simply said, no, thank you. But this world, listen to this, is ready. It's ripe. They're right there. They've been standing in this field going, Anybody have the solution? They're standing in the field to where it's not going good at home. It's not going good in here. And they're stuck. And they're just like, they're at the mercy of every day's weather. They're at the mercy of the soil they're in. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm grasping for words as I come to the end to try to give you an eye the picture that the harvest is lost. They have grown up in a field to where relationships are not working. She's on her sixth husband. Commitment is skeptic in their life. They don't trust. The man she was with, she wouldn't even marry. And third, they have a religious view that the Jews are better than they are. Right here, they're stuck. Giselle got saved and two weeks ago. She got baptized last Sunday night. Her family was here. I asked Giselle if I could use her testimony. I saw her this morning in the foyer and said, hey, Giselle, can I use your... Your testimony? <clears throat> she has an identical twin brother 
that four years ago passed away tragically. Her dad, five years ago, passed away tragically. She told Miss Kelly and I last Saturday that here she is as a preteen going into her preteen years without her daddy, without her twin brother, standing in a field. Y'all, standing in a field. She has a great, big, wonderful family. Her mama loves her dearly. But here she was just standing in a field. And God bless Shelby and God bless Mrs. Hampton. But when she trusted Christ as her Savior, by her mother's own testimony to some of our men, Brother Poncho, could I get you to stand? You were there. What was Mama's testimony? Loud, please. Saw the difference right away. Y'all, listen to me. I can't change somebody's life. I cannot carry the burden and be responsible for the change in anybody's life. But, oh, there's a Savior. There's a Savior that once he finds the sinner at the well and they're stuck in the field, the Savior can change it all. And there are people that are wondering, how, is this all there is to this? That's what I appreciate, Joe and Tracy, about y'all. And one of these days I'm going to let you give your testimony. But we would have to admit, we're stuck in the field. Is this all this is? The harvest isn't coming to the house. You got to go to the harvest. I got to go to the harvest. Say, Pastor, what are you after this morning? I'm after you to recognize and for me to recognize that everybody you pass without Christ, for years they've been raised in a field, and now it's empty. Anybody here by raise of hands would say, Pastor, what you're preaching about was me when Christ found me. Would you raise your hand? That was me when Christ found me. To us second-generation Christians, we've never known a field like that. Listen to me. I stand here and preach with no footprints for what that world's like. None. I don't know what it's like to wake up with a cursing mom and dad. I don't know what it's like to wake up with bottles of beer and screaming and drugs and no God. I don't know what it's like. I was born on September the 24th, and that Sunday I was in church. And from that point on, I've not missed church on purpose, of free volition, of I'm not going because I'm mad. I don't know what it's like. But boy, when I hear the stories, I'm like... How does somebody exist like that? How do do you grow up in a field to where everything's falling apart? And and I admire, I admire people when I hear their story. Yesterday, a dear lady, last Sunday, a dear lady came and visited some weeks ago. And Last Sunday after church, she came down and I shook her hand. I said, sister, it's good to see you in church. 
she started telling me about what her world's been like the past couple of months. I'm sitting here going, I don't know anything. I don't, I don't know anything about that. The most mad I've seen my mama get is when Michigan's playing Michigan State and my dad spoke up while Michigan was ahead. There are people that you work with and there are people in your neighborhood How come you're happy? I need something you have. And what they need is not this church, and what they need is not changing the outside. What they need, water, eternal water on the inside. Would you go to Romans chapter 10, and I'm done. Romans chapter 10, God makes this promise, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. But would you look at verse 14? How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be what? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring what? Glad tidings of what kind of things? (laughs) Good things. How many could say when that trio was singing, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. You know what that is? Good things. Good things. How'd you get good things? Because a preacher showed up at your house when you were in a field of going nowhere and said, you know, there's a better solution to that, and that's Jesus Christ. And on that point, you were like at the, really? I mean, so I can get out of this condition? Yes, you can. And what's really crazy about this whole entire thing is that this lady in John chapter 4 had a reputation with a certain segment of people, but did not have a reputation with the others. One group believed her, the other group called her a liar, but both of them came to see Jesus Christ, because here's why. They couldn't deny the change that happened in this lady. The change that happened in this lady because of salvation was amazing. Please know this. Once Jesus makes that change, and we'll be very bold here, it will result in other people coming to Jesus. Question for you. Is that change that strong in your life? God's putting you around people. I, I am amazed every time people come to visit. I am. But I tell you what's amazing to me is I, I was telling Kelsey, no, Kelsey and, oh, help me, Ke- Kelsey and, one more time, Fisher, Fisher. How can I forget that? I love fishing. Not good at it, but I love fishing. Cost me a couple of ribs, but I love fishing. <laughs> When, when, when I looked at their co-workers, I know y'all's co-workers. I'm shocked you're in the house. Like, no, I'm kidding. And, uh, but, but, but can I tell you something? This, this is what life's all about. 
sitting next to, to, to Brother Ivan back here are his friends. And these guys are incredible. Want to know why? All you have to do is let God change you. And it'll become evident to the people around. Here's, here's where I want to end. Somebody in the world around you stuck. And God wants to use you. Let him use you. If the only thing you have at the end of your week is money in the bank and not people in the house, then you're making too much money. But God wants to use you where you're at. The equal sign, equal sign being where you're at equals people. Say, Pastor, are you wanting a bigger church? Nope. Pastor, you wanting more money? Nope. Pastor, are you after our money? Nope. I'm after every believer to recognize and realize that there's people growing up in a field that they're searching. I'm not saying their life's falling completely apart, and I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying something's going on to where they're searching for something. Something's got to be different. I have to have something different. This is why God has placed us here. This is the reason God has put us here, is for people to pull over and go, what is going on? Instead of just the mundaneness. I was not going to use this illustration, but I'll use it in closing. Yesterday, <clears throat> Izzy had a birthday party, and Izzy's request for, for was, I want a parade. I want a parade. It's freezing yesterday, y'all. It's cold, but Izzy wants a parade. So there are about six, seven, eight of us cars that we donned our balloons, we braved the weather, and we lined up by the fire station in Kilgore with balloons. My truck was desecrated with pink. That's my baby. And we got in line, and we were in a parade. Only Brother Freed convinced three Kilgore policemen to block streets, turn their sirens on, so seven of us could have a parade for a little girl that is sitting in her carport with her little friends, and here comes 80,000 cars in her mind. 80, this is great. And, 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 and as we were lined up in front of this guy's house, he came home, and it was like, he's got to get in. And it was like, and everybody's passing is just like, what, what is going on? Only one half of our vehicles were decorated because we're only going one way. And the police have everybody blocked, and I'm like, what? but everybody's stopping there. What is going on? Who has that kind of power to get, to get the police to stop traffic? Adam Freed, he's on the witness protection program, and uh, <laughs> hey, do you know what our life should be like? Wow. God's put you strategically where he wants you in the harvest to help people. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.